What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, the journalist and writer for the Saints News Network over on SI.com, award-winning filmmaker, and of course, the host of the Houdat Discussion podcast. We have a lot to get into this week. The New Orleans Saints on a four-game losing streak after just getting completely stuffed by the Bills on Thanksgiving night, but it's a quick turnaround for the New Orleans Saints. Playing back-to-back Thursdays, they will host the Dallas Cowboys this Thursday, and it appears there might be a little bit of a switcheroo at the quarterback position. Whispers have it that Taysom time is going to strike yet again for the New Orleans Saints. But before we get into all of that, I have a special guest from the Overdue Bills podcast. Mills will be joining me right after you hear the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. All right, guys, I said a special guest. I was on their podcast last week, so it's only fair that they come back onto mine. I have Mills from the Overdue Bills podcast. You see it on your screen. You can follow him on Twitter at Mills419. Mills, what's going on, my friend? How you doing, man? Appreciate you uh, having me on the show this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Really happy to have you here today. Uh, Listen, uh, the New Orleans Saints have not been playing good football. Some people want to blame it on the injuries of 14 starters out on Thanksgiving against the Bills, but you got to face it. The Bills are really good football team. I said over on your guys's podcast before the matchup that I think the Bills are still a team that could easily contend uh, for the AFC. They're that good. They're that talented. Now the win came at a cost losing uh, your number one corner. But what was your initial takeaways from just absolutely trouncing the New Orleans Saints inside the Superdome on Thanksgiving, a place where the Saints have been so good over the years? Uh, it's just a good feeling, you know, to watch the Bills just win, uh, especially on national TV when, you know, the entire world and you know sometimes other countries are just watching your team play football. It's a great feeling for your team to go out there, you know, and show up on Thanksgiving Day. Everybody sitting at home eating food, you know, enjoying their time with their family. And, you know, not even non-Bills fans is watching this game. All the football universe is watching this game. It was the late game, so they made it, you know, the primetime game for the day. And just to see the Bills go out there and do what they were supposed to do, it's just a good feeling. It's a good thing to see. I'm glad you said that because talking to Drew Brees earlier in the week prior to the matchup, one thing that he said was preparing for a midweek game is already difficult enough as it is, and your schedule changes, your preparation, everything for it changes. And then you take into consideration that it's a little different on Thanksgiving. You have 40 million plus people watching you. There's a new pressure to that. And one thing that I had brought up in some of my articles and conversations before the week was, has Josh Allen really played in an environment like that? You take the AFC title game. Obviously, he's gone and played in Arrowhead before. He's played in some different places. But playing inside the Superdome as the away quarterback is always a difficult task. And then you throw on the fact that it's Thanksgiving Day. Now, I got to see Josh Allen play in college at Wyoming. Uh, I got to cover him a little bit. Super talented kid coming out of out of college. Has done great things at the pro level for Buffalo to this point. But I had a major concern of, how is he going to handle that crowd, that noise, and the pressure playing on Thanksgiving? And for Josh Allen, outside of maybe one mistake, I'd say he held up pretty well. Well, Josh Allen, uh, 
you know, watching the interviews with him, I didn't we really get didn't get an opportunity to sit down and actually have a talk with him. Like you got to talk with Drew Brees. But uh uh he's a very humbled individual, you know, from uh you know, watching interviews and just watching him as a person. I don't think he lets the atmosphere change his mentality. Uh the issue that we have with Josh Allen is he kind of is very erratic under pressure. And when you're playing against the Saints, uh, you know, a Saints football team. That's like you said, was missing 14 starters, including, you know, your RB1 and your RB2, and you don't have an established wide receiver one, you know, it doesn't put that many prep put that much pressure on you. Cause all you have to do is pretty much stop Trevor Simeon and maybe put up, you know, three points. I think if the Bills would score three points, we would have won that game three to zero. So, you know, not having pressure from the opposing team, you know, it kind of makes it easier for the players out there, especially at the quarterback position, because you can zone out the crowd. You know, they went from playing with, you know, a, a large number of people there to playing with no fans at all, you know, to back with fans. So you have that, you know, that you, you're in that mode where you have to be comfortable and understand that you're here to play football no matter what the surrounding uh, factors are. So I think Josh is doing an amazing job with that. It doesn't matter where he plays at. We just got to make sure he's consistent at the end of the day. Stephon Diggs, who's been a thorn in the side of Saints fans over the years, had another great outing. And uh, for most of that game, made Marshawn Lattimore, who lots of people consider to be a top five corner in the NFL, he made him look silly throughout the day. You have a guy like Stephon Diggs, you pick up Emmanuel Sanders, a former New Orleans Saint in the offseason. As a Bills fan, uh, as a person who covers the Bills regularly for your podcast, how do you feel about the Bills and does beating New Orleans in New Orleans, is that just another win or does this one mean a little bit more? Uh, it's just another win for me. Uh, reason being is for some odd reason, I don't understand why, but we struggle against bad teams and we play pretty decent to good football against, you know, good and decent teams. And it's weird because you would expect, you know, the Bills to go out there or anybody uh, that's going against somebody that's that doesn't shouldn't have a chance of beating you at all, and you go out there and struggle and lose to like the Jags, you know, nine to six, I believe that was the score, and then you come out here and you play a good team like you know the Saints, which were who were five and five, and you beat them what thirty one to six. I understand they had you know some injuries and stuff like that, but for a long period of time, the Bills always struggle with teams that they should beat. I mean, they struggle with teams that they sh- yeah they struggle with teams that they should beat, and they like manhandle teams that should put up a battle against them. So I think we're still in the fixing it, finding up, finding our our groove phase. Uh, like you saw the week before, we got blown out by the Colts. They demolished us. So this was just a game to me. It wasn't no statement game. It was just a game to let me know that the Bills are still capable of doing what we need them to do. But they still have work to do, as as every other team. You can't just go out there, you know, and get a win and think that you're, you know, back on that that smooth sailing route. There's always going to be some bumps and grooves in the road. So it's just good to see that the Bills are figuring out things week by week. And hopefully we can keep that going going forward. But interesting fact, because you brought up Stefan Diggs, I think we had a, a edge on Thursday because a previous interview, Stefan Diggs said that – uh his mother had to choose because, you know, his brother plays for the Cowboys and she wasn't going to go to any games because it's not fair to go to mm-hmm. one son game and not go to the other son game. 
Come to find out she's in the stands at the Cowboys game and they lost. So it was only right for us to win because she cho- she chose sides. So that's all when you can't you can't do the half sewn jersey both ways. It's not like they're playing each other, but yeah, you had to pick one or the other. And she, she went to go take on uh, watch the Dallas Cowboys lose uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Saints playing the Cowboys this upcoming week. So I did want to ask you this. Having watched that game, for a lot of Saints fans, there's not a lot of positives to take from that performance, right? You mentioned it best. The Saints without running back one, without running back two, without wide receiver one for the season, without quarterback one for the season. Uh, Half the defensive line seemed to be out uh, the last few weeks. So as someone who doesn't get this team week in and week out, what's the one positive that you took away that might make Saints fans feel a little bit better uh while they're on this losing streak uh <laughs> that's tough because like you said i don't really watch too much of saints football but uh a positive is i mean they kept fighting you know even though they were down you know they kept fighting they scored you know later in the game but it's, it's always good to see players you know fill voids so when you have players that can just go out there and give you you know 100 percent filling a void and filling uh a position on the field that they wouldn't even expect to play, you know, it gives you promise, you know, for the future. Uh, it was a learning experience for a lot of people. So I wouldn't, you know, put too much, uh, I wouldn't look at them, you know, down or, you know, be, uh, have bad thoughts about them. It's a learning process for a lot of those players that was on the field on Thanksgiving day. And like you said, it's, it's a, it's a very, very big stage. Uh, there's millions of people watching. You're the only game on TV. And for you to go out there and you're not out there each and every week, you know, playing, you know, 80 percent of the snaps, you know, it's a big task to put on. So I just I, I want to commend those players that, you know, that went out there and filled those positions. Uh, and just I just hope to see better from them in the future. It was a learning experience. You know, they'll get comfortable as time goes on and they should be great players in the future. We have Mills from Overdue Bills podcast joining us. Bill. Mills, before I let you go, I have one final question before I let you go and move on to the Dallas Cowboys game. And this is an interesting one because some news broke this week that the New Orleans Saints are prepared to make a change at quarterback uh, with Taysom Hill taking the quarterback one snaps uh, the last two days. We're recording on on Tuesday night, so Monday and Sunday, um, Taysom Hill taking those quarterback one snaps. You just mentioned there was not a whole lot to take away from the game. You said, if anything, look at your depth, look at the experience some of these guys got and and the, you know, never give up mentality, next man up mentality. But having seen the Saints struggle as mightily as they did, though they were without some of their key pieces, do you feel that it was a necessary change, especially seeing Trevor Simeon struggle as much as he did on Thanksgiving? Uh, I think at this point you have nothing to lose. Uh, you know, at this point, you're trying to try to get a playoff spot. I think Taysom Hill brings a little bit more to the table because he changes the atmosphere because you have to look at a mobile quarterback, somebody that can potentially be like a Lamar Jackson that can, you know, roll out the pocket and scramble for 20 to 25 yards on any given play. You know, kind of like Josh Allen. You know, the only downfall at switching that quarterback position, as you saw uh, a couple years ago when Drew Brees got hurt, is that it limits uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara's involvement, you know, goes down. He takes the back seat sort of because he's not getting 
a lot of those dump off passes he would get from a Trevor Simeon or, you know, a Drew Brees. You know, it's more so Taysom Hill rolling out the pocket and he's looking downfield. He's not looking for a check down. He's looking for a big play or he's going to make something happen on his feet because he's so mobile. So I, I think it gives you a lot of opportunity to uh, to be creative, uh, a lot of opportunity to put up more points. But I think it will limit you guys in the passing game as much because, you know, a lot of people are going to try and put more pressure on him to keep him in the pocket to make him a passing quarterback. And I think that may limit you guys, you know, down the field, you know, trying to make big plays. So the big play nine times out of ten is going to come from Trevor Simeon running the ball. Well, there you have it, guys. You heard straight from the horse's mouth, or you could say the Bills' mouth. Uh, that's Mills over with the Overdue Bills podcast telling some Saints fans, hey, listen, this is the positives from Thanksgiving's loss, and this is what you're going to get out of Taysom Hill. And, Mills, it sounds like you feel just like I do. You know, you have nothing to lose at this point. It's a necessary change. I mean, Taysom went 3-1 and one, uh, the year that Drew Brees yeah. was injured. And he proved to be a maybe not a great quarterback, but certainly a capable quarterback. And I know all my fantasy football listeners are smiling. They got big smiles on their faces because Taysom is available in 95% leagues. And those and rushing great. touchdowns, they're going to help. Great. He was, he's like, uh, if I can uh, compare him to somebody, he's like when we had Tyrod Taylor. Like He's not going to lose a game for you, but he may not win a game for you either. But if you're in a game, he he's smart enough you know, to get you down the field to potentially get in a field goal, you know, situation. And like you said, by him being in the lineup, you may be able to sneak him in your fantasy team, you know, at, at a wide receiver slash quarterback and get some extra points because he does it all. He's he's just a, a gadget guy. He's an amazing player. I love to have him with the Bills, to be honest with you. He's a one-of-a-kind talent who just signed a one-of-a-kind contract. And that's a one-of-a-kind type of podcaster right there. That's Mills. From the Overdue Bills podcast, you can follow him over at Mills419 on Twitter. Uh, but how can everybody follow you, the podcast? And you got a whole group of guys on your podcast. Where can they find you and follow you? Yeah, it's five of us, man. Uh, we all went to high school together. You know, we're all huge Bills fans. Uh, you can follow us at uh, on Twitter at Overdue Bills Podcast. Uh, all major social networks at that same name. And we have our website, OverdueBillsPod.com. Uh, we have amazing articles. Uh, we have interviews. We have merchandise and everything like that. We also have an opportunity if you want to switch over from being a Saints fan to be a Bills fan. You know, we're taking applications. So, uh, yeah, just follow us. We have some amazing content out there. And like I said, man, I appreciate you having me on the show today. Well, absolutely. You guys make sure you guys go check them out. They do amazing work. Was very happy to be on their podcast this week. And I will bug you. They promised they'd be sending me a overdue Bills hoodie. So I'm still waiting, still waiting to get that. Because as soon as I saw the merch for the first time, I said, man, that's really cool. I could definitely yeah. rock one of those. I, I actually work at the post office. So I'll let you know firsthand the post office backed up a little bit. You know, it's all with, good. You know, holiday season. But we have one on the way for you, man. Look out. All right. We'll do. Bills, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Uh, and, and we'll catch up soon, buddy. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. All right. That was Mills from the Overdue Bills podcast joining us today. When we come back, we'll have me talking about the upcoming game with the Dallas Cowboys. You guys stay locked right there. We'll see you after the commercial. Once again, we want to thank our guest Mills from the Overdue 
Bills podcast, joining us to talk a little bit about the Saints Thanksgiving Day loss to the Buffalo Bills and get his opinions on some positives to take away if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, and of course, his takeaways on the potential swap with Taysom Hill, which we're now hearing is uh, essentially officially official. Taysom Hill uh, expected to be the starter on Thursday night as the New Orleans Saints host the Dallas Cowboys. And listen, New Orleans is trying to break a four-game losing streak. They host Dallas, who's 7-4 and four on the season. Uh, Super Bowl aspirations for the Dallas Cowboys. I think if you ask anyone in that fan base, that's the expectation year in and year out. But this is really a Dallas team that's played well enough uh, on both sides of the football, actually all three phases of football, uh, to be a true, not just NFC contender, but a team that could really compete for the Super Bowl. And that starts with their offense. So let's go ahead and start there as we preview the Week 13 matchup. And this is a Dallas team that is – uh, towards the top of the league uh, in total offense. They rank first in total yardage with nearly 420 yards a game. They're second in points with 29.6 points per game. And there's some rumblings that Ezekiel Elliott may be held out of Thursday's contest. There were some questions regarding uh, Amari Cooper and his status after catching COVID. He's missed the last two games for Dallas, but he will be traveling with the team and he's expected to play, uh, and you would imagine Marshawn Lattimore is going to shadow Amari Cooper throughout uh, the action, but Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore really just struggled with Stephon Diggs uh, last week. You know he's looking for a bounce-back week himself, but I think this game is definitely going to be win, won and lost on the defensive side of the football for, for New Orleans, and I say it like this because this is a New Orleans Saints team that's really struggled offensively. And this week they're going to have a new identity. It's Taysom time yet again. Um, and his first experience as the New Orleans Saints starter, those four games a few years ago, you look at it and you go, oh, he went three and one. Uh, you know, one of those games he really didn't have to do much because Denver was without a quarterback. He struggled against Philly. He had two uh, pretty solid outings against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, a divisional opponent, the biggest division rival. So, Obviously, some props for Taysom there, but you know what Taysom Hill brings. He brings a different dynamic to the offense uh, with his ability to run the ball. He might not be the most accurate guy, but Taysom does have a strong arm on him. You're able to stretch the field a little bit more. You know, Maybe the only concern is how does that affect Alvin Kamara's production? He's questionable this week along with Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek at tackle, but the Saints will be getting Mark Ingram back. This week, So how does Taysom Hill affect the running game for New Orleans and how valuable of a piece Alvin Kamara has proven to be uh, since his time in the NFL? Those are some questions, uh, and because of all those questions, because the Saints are still one of two or maybe the only team remaining to have to go back and check that has not scored on their opening drive of any game this season toward a touchdown, that is. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions offensively, and the Saints' defense has had some ups, they've had some downs, uh, but I still think they're one of the, the more consistent defenses in the league, and that's why I think the win and loss starts with the New Orleans Saints' defense. Can they keep this Dallas offense in check? Can they do enough? Can they bend and not break to give the offense an opportunity to stay in the ball game? Because if this one gets out of hand quickly and the Saints' defense isn't able to get pressure on Dak Prescott, and they're not able to stop the run. Remember, they were just gashed by an NFC uh, East opponent 
just a few weeks ago with the Philadelphia Eagles, if they're not able to stop the run and they're not able to make Dak uncomfortable and, and the Cowboys jump out to a big league a lead rather on national television, I don't see this one going uh, the Saints way. I think the last thing you want to do, especially with a quarterback like Taysom Hill, is have to play catch up. You want to be able to maintain and control the game. And that's what the Saints were able to do in those three victories that Taysom had when he was the starting quarterback. So this is the way I see it playing out. If New Orleans is able to keep Dak and the Cowboys to about 21 points, I think the Saints have a realistic chance to win the football game. But anything more than that from Dak, whether you're getting in the 24 range, the 28 range, at that point, you haven't seen enough of this Saints offense that could really explode uh, for big plays, big chunk plays, uh, and certainly put points up on the board to, to warrant any thought that New Orleans could win the football game. Amari Cooper, like I said, expected to play. Expect to see Marshawn Lattimore. He has to have a bounce-back game. Uh, questionable uh, Ezekiel Elliott if he's going to get held out or not. But, listen, there's so many weapons on this Dallas Cowboys team. You know, Tony Pollard is a, a very capable running back uh, for the Cowboys to, to pair up with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and you look at some of the other talent on this Dallas team, and you go, this is a reason why they're one of the uh, absolute best in, in the league. You look at a guy, I haven't even said his name yet, C.D. Lamb was a first-round draft pick in, in 2020. I mean, he leads the Cowboys across the board in receiving 740 yards, seven touchdowns. And I'm sitting here more concerned about Amari Cooper because when Amari Cooper is, is healthy and he's able to go, man, that, that that's a killer one-two combo, one of the best in the league. And so for New Orleans, I think the exciting part about this game is – you close the chapter on the, the Trevor Simeon uh, experiment, and though you can go back and read some of my articles, I don't think all of those losses are on Trevor Simeon. There's definitely something missing in the Saints offense, and, and warranted Simeon didn't have his top receiver. He didn't have his top running back. He didn't have his number two running back, uh, one or two running back last week. He was with the makeshift offensive line for some of those games as well. I don't put all of those losses on Trevor Simeon, but – there was certainly a change that needed to happen on the Saints offense. So that's the exciting part of Thursday night's matchup where it's Taysom time again. And love him or hate him, uh, Taysom Hill is an exciting athlete, is an exciting player. And I've always said that he's a better go-go gadget type of a guy, jack of all Saints, uh, whatever you want to call him. He's better in that spot than being the starting quarterback. But it's very well documented how much Sean Payton likes Taysom Hill. It's documented that uh, Taysom is going to get another opportunity to compete for the starting job. I mean, just look at uh, his last contract that he signed. You can go back and, and read up on some of those details on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints with the Saints News Network. It's very evident that a lot of people in, in the Saints building think Taysom could be the guy. That's why he got the contract that he did. That's why he's getting this opportunity uh, now that he's healthy and uh Apparently he's still dealing with a foot injury, um, but he said the other day that if the game were to be earlier this week, he felt he could have played, uh, and that's coming before Thursday night's action. So I think Taysom's 100% ready to go. He's going to bring a different layer, a different element to the Saints offense, and it's going to keep Dallas's defense on their toes. I do not expect New Orleans to go out 
and be a high-flying, high-octane offense like Saints fans are used to seeing over the last 16 years, 15 years rather, with Drew Brees. Uh, I expect this to still be a team that struggles to move the ball at times, uh, doesn't have a key uh, number one receiver. Remember, Deontay Harris is uh, suspended as well, so he won't be uh, he won't be available this week. So with all that being said, I don't see the Saints offense just lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, but I see this being a game where if the Saints, again, defense can keep them within about 20 points, New Orleans has a realistic shot because Taysom Hill brings that different element, that different layer. But that's all the time that we have for the Houdat discussion uh, this week. Remember to come back, hang out with us as we talk about the New Orleans Saints, win or lose against the Dallas Cowboys, a lot riding on this one, especially with playoff positioning. The Saints only uh, a game out of the final wild card spot. So this could really warrant how the Saints attack the rest of the season. So come back and join us next week as we break down this Thursday's action. We look forward to the New York Jets matchup with the Saints. And we have any other breaking news uh, along the way. Again, we want to thank our guest Mills from over – do Bills podcast. We uh, want to thank all of you listeners who come back week in and week out, and hopefully the New Orleans Saints can come out on top this week. Remember to follow the Saints News Network for all of my other New Orleans Saints work there, along with John Hendricks, Bob Rose, and Kyle T. Mosley. And until next time, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you next time for the Houdat Discussion Podcast.